Well, you took the job, Bruce, so I suggest you get to it. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to end. Organization and management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! from the hills of Colombia.
Good morning. It is good to be with you this morning. My name is Andrea Smith. I have the privilege of being the pastor here at West. And happy summer, happy Father's Day to all adults in the room, male and female. Uh, I believe that whether you are biological parents or not, we all have the opportunity to mentor young people in our lives. So on Mother's Day and Father's Day, we uh, thank all adults. So thank you uh, for having a role in other people's lives and in the name of God and in the love of Jesus Christ. We also send a very special welcome to you, those of you who are worshiping with us online today. I do realize that it is uh, the beginning of summer, and there are lots of things that you could be doing right now. There's a very beautiful lake not too very far from here, and we have boats and lots of things. And so if you're worshiping with us on your boat this morning, we're very glad. And if you're here, if you chose to come here to Lake Norman, we really are grateful that you chose to come here this morning. We're going to talk about a topic that I believe many of us wrestled with called unanswered prayers. I want you to think for just a second about what is one of the biggest disappointments you've ever faced in your life. What is one of the biggest disappointments you've ever faced in your life? And did you, did you pray about it before, you know, you got the answer that ultimately came? When I was a senior in high school, I was uh, up for the teaching fellows scholarship. I went to undergrad to be a teacher. So I was up for this scholarship. It was a full ride. Uh, my parents stressed the importance of trying for scholarships and hoping that they would be a full ride. So I had put all my eggs in this teaching fellow basket, and I worked really, really hard. I went to interview prep sessions. I did everything that they said you should and you could do. And uh, so I made it like all throughout my senior year, I made it past every single round, made it to the finals, the final interview. And I was so excited and got to that interview. And I'll never forget the question that absolutely stumped me. And I still wonder if this is why I didn't get the scholarship. Uh, They asked me, what would I do if a child had head lice? And I just honestly, they didn't teach you that in undergrad. So I don't know if they were concerned I was going to use the same comb and and pencil on every child's head. And, you know, so I don't know if that's why they bagged me getting the scholarship or not. But I prayed so hard going into that interview and then after that interview, because I knew I totally, totally screwed up the interview. I had prayed that God would somehow work uh, work to change their minds and, and their hearts and give me that scholarship. And like two months later, all my friends get the phone call that were up for the teaching fellows on a Saturday, and they all got it, and I did not get a phone call. And then on Monday afternoon, when I got home from school, there's this nice letter in the mail saying, we really appreciate your effort and your time, but you were not selected. And, you know, I was crushed. It, it, killed my self-esteem, uh, and it was, it was just a, a bad time. I knew I had disappointed my parents, and, and so it was just, it was an icky feeling. And then I, I was like, but God, I prayed. I mean, you know, I prayed. I prayed a lot, and not only did I pray a lot, I really tried my best. So it's not like I expected you to be a vending machine, God. I actually put some time and some energy and some effort into this, and you still did not deliver. I was angry at God for, for a while. I think we all have things in our lives that we pray for throughout our journey that do not get answered in the way that we would like for it to be. 
We all have disappointments and we all have unanswered prayers. So how do we reconcile, and this is what we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning, how do we reconcile that God is good, all good actually, and that God is powerful, all powerful, and if we're actually trying to do the right thing and and live the right way, right, that our prayers just don't get answered, what's up with that? How can God be a good God and, and not answer our prayers? And, and again, not even something like a, a scholarship. But we pray for people to be healed from disease and ailments. And we pray for tragic deaths to not happen. We pray for poverty to end. We pray for some big stuff. We pray for those that we love not to deal with mental illness anymore. We pray for big things. And the prayers still seem to not get answered. This morning, I would challenge us to look at this idea and recognize that all of our prayers are heard. And ultimately, all of our prayers are answered, perhaps just not in the way that we ask. And also not in a way that we understand. So I want us to combat the idea that, you know, God only hears or answers part of, our pray- part of our prayers. God is always listening. It's just that maybe we don't understand and comprehend the end result. This has a scriptural background, actually, but before we get to that, I want us to look at the definition of disappointment. Will you take a look at that? Disappointment is the feeling of sadness or displeasure that's caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. How many times have we been disappointed in God? And where are you right now in your journey? Are you disappointed with God? Do you feel like God's not hearing your prayers? Or do you feel like God is totally with you and and you are wrapped up in God's love and, and everything is all good? If that's the case, then perhaps a friend or a loved one is dealing with disappointment. But disappointment comes when we have these expectations and we have these things that we want and we desire. And the answers that we want and we desire do not come. We end up getting disappointed. And one of the barriers to us being at one with God is when we allow disappointment to be an anchor in our faith. And that's easy to have happen, especially if we're going through life and we have hurdles that keep coming over and over and over again. And we give them to God and we say, okay, God, here, here you go. This is yours. Help me. Hear me. And the prayers, they just don't get answered. Or we feel like they don't get answered and we get disappointed. And and this disappointment adds up over time. And ultimately, it does become a big old barricade between us and God. Now, lots of times, Christian people, Christians being followers of Christ, get in the way of us understanding how God answers our prayers. And, and not, you know, in a malicious way, but sometimes we Christians, myself included, feel like we've got all the right answers and, and we know how this whole God thing plays out. So we offer statements to those that we love and we care about as to why their prayers have not been answered. I wanted to share with you uh, several of those different statements this morning. These are things that literally Christians have said, followers of Christ have said to others. You know, you aren't seeking to praise God through this. 
All you do is you fuss and you, like you heard on the Bruce Almighty clip, all we do is whine. All you do is whine. And, you know, God's tired of you whining. Maybe God wants you to praise God more. Maybe if you would actually worship God, or if you ever heard this, maybe if you'd go to church more or do this or this or this, maybe if you'd praise God more, then God would hear your prayers and answer your prayers. Now, these four statements that I'm sharing with you are not statements that I personally agree with. I don't think uh, God is that arbitrary. We are taught that God is love. God is absolute and infinite love. And infinite and absolute love does not play games. So I don't think that's it. I don't think God, you know, is, is somewhere and watching and waiting for us to meet some kind of like, you know, checklist criteria for how much we praise God before God hears and answers our prayers. The second one, the second statement, is that we have unconfessed sin in our life. This is big for some denominations, some ways of thinking, is that the reason that God is not hearing your prayers or answering your or our prayers is because we, you know, we've got all this sin going on. Well, uh, flash memo, we're all sinners in the eyes of God. So if that were the case, then we'd all be screwed forever because none of us would ever get any prayers answered because we can't help but not sin. We're all sinners. We mess up. And sin means anything that comes in between us and God. And you know what? We have our own human desires and human will. And, and so it's, it's for self, self-gratification and self-gain. So we're all sinners. So the fact that we have unconfessed sin in our life is not the reason that our prayers are not being answered. Now, we are taught in Scripture that we are called to confess our sins to God, and God hears those sins and, and absolves us of those. There's something cathartic that happens when we have junk that's going on in our lives, and, and we uff, utter that to God, and we offer that to God. There's something that happens within us. But... I would also argue that that is not the reason that our prayers aren't answered. The next one, our motives are not pure. That we are, we are doing the vending machine, God, and we're praying for success or money or a new car or a nicer house or, you know, our spouse to be better or luxury, you know, things like that. Things that seem superfluous. We're treating God like uh, he's just a magic genie, and if we ask, then, you know, things appear and we receive. So people say, you know, your motives aren't pure, and that's why your prayers aren't being answered. And lastly, that we lack faith. That's actually really scriptural, and I want you to take a look at some verses in Matthew this morning. It it talks about this, and it's really the founding idea behind this thing that if we just had more faith, then maybe God would hear our prayers. Because you're not yet taking God seriously, said Jesus. The simple truth is, if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, say, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. There is nothing, nothing that you wouldn't be able to tackle if you had faith. 
If you read, that's the message version. If you read other versions, it says, if you had faith the size of of a mustard seed, then your faith would be so big that you could move mountains. Years ago, when I was traveling to the Holy Land with the bishop and other clergy, we were standing uh, on top of a mountain that Herod, King Herod, had had built. Herodium was at the top of this mountain. And and Jesus, uh, Bishop Good Pastor, opened up the Bible and read this passage from Jesus. And he said, now I want you to take a look around. I want you to stand on this mountain and I want you to do a a total look around and see all that you can see. It was a beautiful view. You could see Jerusalem and you could see uh, the, the Sea of Galilee off in the distance, which was so far away. It was this beautiful, clear day. And, and we were like in this prime location where Herod had built one of his palaces in his kingdom. Remember, he was a little bit of an egocentric leader, and so he wanted to be the man. And so he built this, he, or he had this huge mountain built and then this huge palace built on top of the mountain so he could be there and see everything that there was to see. It was like the ultimate power trip for him. So we're all standing there, and we're in this moment, and then the bishop reads that Bible passage, and he said, now here's a a fact, trivia fact for you. The mountain that you're standing on right now, that's not where the mountain started. Herod actually had the mountain moved. The first time that it was built, it was not built in the right place for him, so that when he got up on top of the mountain, he could see all the other kingdoms. That's not how it worked. It was built in the wrong place. So he had the slaves tear down that mountain and build it where we were standing. Now, there's something to be said right then for having, having faith and, and courage and boldness. Now, Herod had some faith the size of a mustard seed that would move a mountain, but odds are that faith was not placed in God, that faith was placed in himself. Where's our faith? I mean, if we read that scripture, surely we come to the understanding that God hears our prayers and God wants to answer our prayers. One thing that we need to understand, though, when we read scriptures like that and and other sayings and statements of Jesus is that Jesus historically spoke in in this figure of speech called hyperbole. He told stories. He was a brilliant storyteller. And sometimes he would get, you know, so passionate and so frustrated at the same time. He really wanted to make a point. He wanted to make it succinctly, and he wanted them to remember it. And so scholars say that when he would get really, really wrapped up in something and really want them to get it, he would come out with these statements called hyperboles. And this is one of them. If you have faith the size of a seed, then then you'll move a mountain. I mean, you can refer to the Herod analogy, or we can look at it as, okay, maybe if you have enough faith that you will speak and think and act boldly, and then you you will put your assurance in the fact that God uses all things for good for those who love God, and that we live in a world where free will exists, and God is not a dictator, then maybe we can look at prayer in a different way and maybe we can understand that if we'll come into our faith, come into prayer with our faith, that we'll have a different understanding of how our prayers are answered. There are other hyperboles in Scripture. Jesus said, you know, once, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. He said, if your eyes offend you, if you lust after someone or something, then pluck out your eyes. He also says, if... uh, 
It is easier for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And since we here in the United States of America are richer than the vast majority of our world, we're all in big trouble. If he meant that literally. But that's not how we believe that Jesus meant that. So first of all, I want us to go into the idea of prayer in understanding that when we pray... There is nothing scripturally that says that what we pray for, everything's going to just work out okay and and end hunky-dory. There's also nothing in there that says as a follower of Christ, our life is going to be easy. But it does tell us, Jesus tells us to boldly pray. So what happens with that? Well, when we boldly pray and when we have faith, we have to have the knowledge that God does hear our prayers and God holds our prayers. That we're not just, you know, uttering some words to outer space. That God hears us and that God cares about us. When our prayers go unanswered, just like Jesus did that night in the garden when he prayed, you know, God, if this cup could go any other way but from me. And then he goes on to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus had unanswered prayers. But God cared. And we believe as followers of Jesus Christ and worshipers of God, that when, when we grieve and when we feel like our world is falling apart, that God grieves too. That's how much God loves us. And we also need to believe that God is always acting. Now, there's a difference between acting and controlling. And by acting, I don't mean the theatrical kind of act. I mean that God is at work in our lives and in all things. And we read multiple times in Scripture that God uses all things for the good of those who love God. So we we need to believe that God is using and working in all things to bring good out of them. But that God is not dictating You know, sometimes some of the prayers that we ask, if they had been answered in the way that we wanted them to be answered, the end result would would change everything. I want you to think back to your middle school or high school days. For some of us, it was a little longer than for others. But I want you to think back to middle school or high school and a boyfriend or girlfriend that you had. And then I want you to flash forward in that relationship and uh, when it came to an end and you did not want it to end. When the relationship's coming to an end and you don't want it to end, how many of us prayed, you know, dear God, please, please don't let him break up with me. Or please don't let her, you know, tell me no when I ask her out on a date. And, you know, that prayer did not get answered. I mean, it's a silly example, but, you know, I, maybe you guys have not prayed about high school or middle school relationships, but I sure did. I grew up being taught to pray about everything, so I would pray, you know, dear God, please let him like me. Please let him ask me to the dance. Please don't let him break up with me. 
If God had answered those prayers, I certainly wouldn't be here. I would not be married to the the man that I'm married to. We wouldn't have the kids that we have and all those kinds of things. Garth Brooks came out with a song, you know, many, many years ago. I thank God for unanswered prayers. God is always at work in the things that we pray for. And we also believe that God redeems all things. But sometimes it's, it's up to us to learn to let those things go and just know that sometimes the end outcome is not going to be what we desire it to be, but that does not mean that God's not there. It also doesn't mean that God doesn't love us and doesn't care. A colleague, clergy friend of mine a couple of years ago was going through a very difficult patch in her life with one of her children. Uh, They were transitioning in those late teen years between being a a teen and an adult. And uh, they just, there were some... uh, addiction issues going on with some drugs and they were just at a really really bad place and so my friend had some folks in her church that she confided in and and it had come to a place that they needed to get some uh, legal action involved to put some boundaries around some things and and my friend says she made a mistake by telling her her people that you know they were getting an attorney to look at some situations and scenarios about treatment and and that kind of thing i'll never forget when she called me one night and and she was crying and she said you know andrea i think i'm the problem and I said, well, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, the reason that God has not heard my prayer, the reason that God has not answered my prayer, I'm the problem. I said, well, explain that to me. And she said, well, you know, the other day in, in Bible study, I, my prayer concern was this situation, and I told them the truth. I told them where we were. And then today in my mailbox, I got this note, and, and I, I want to read to you the words that she got because uh, I it just, I can't do justice to this message. Perhaps your heart needs to break. And perhaps you've not allowed your heart to break yet. Because when our hearts are broken, that's when we cry to God. And if God has not answered your prayers, then your heart isn't broken yet. It's in that brokenness that we give up the struggle And it's in that brokenness that we get out of the way. And that's when God does his best work. So maybe you need to get out of the way. Now, I had watched my friend struggle with this issue with her child for years. That's probably not what she needed in the mail. To tell her that she was the problem and her heart wasn't broken for her child enough yet. And that if her heart would just break a little more, then, you know, God would hear and answer her prayers. And that she didn't believe in miracles. This really matters and this subject really matters because separation from God and God's love, when we feel that separation, that's when we feel the most alone in life. And that's when the dark times become darker and the feelings of hopelessness and and depression that we have, they get bigger. And so it really is important to understand that when we pray to God, what happens? 
And what does happen when it, when it feels like our prayers do not get answered? Well, remember, God hears our prayers. God holds our prayers. And then sometimes, maybe, the way that we look at this prayer thing is that even if the circumstances don't change, we do. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever prayed about something and, and been so devastated and so torn? And then the more you pray, that you just find peace. That's the really cool and powerful thing about prayer. And that's what happens when we pray and we earnestly give our stuff to God. It's not the magic genie kind of solution. And you wave a little wand and, and the pretty bunny pops out of the hat. But something happens things happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen when I'm standing beside bedsides of people that are dying and taking their last breaths, and we pray for peace and ultimate healing, and then the family say that they feel this peace that just comes over them, and that they know that this worst thing won't be the last thing. It happens. It's real. But we have to look at it differently and quit expecting God to be some kind of vending machine God. I wish God were. It would be so much easier. Life would be easier if we could just give off this litmus list and then poof, it all came true. Or we think it'd be easier at least. I do. But sometimes we have to live and exist in a state of being that is just the state of unanswered prayers. If you've been going to West for a couple of years, you might have heard me refer to my father. Uh, he's a 90-some-year-old man. My mother died when I was young, so uh, the only you know, biological parent I have alive and uh, he got involved a couple of years ago with a senior adult fraud. And apparently he's done it all his life. He, he believes that he's won the publisher's clearinghouse or whatever the new thing is. And uh, they have convinced him over the last two years to give in over excess of 200000 Well, it's more than that by now because he like now has loans out. And so back in the fall, back in like August... He, uh, he, he had been done with me for a while because Scott and I took him to court for guardianship for a little while uh, to make him stop. That was not a pretty day, but it was a day that needed to have happened for his own well-being. And, and then he did better for a little while, and, and he was really still angry at me, but whatever. I mean, we at least were cordial with one another. But this past fall, I mean, he had started distancing himself from me, etc. And then one Friday, I got a phone call from uh, his wife, her home health nurse, uh, telling me that my dad was at a threat to self in a, in a mental ward. And they had... Uh, put him away. So I, I got involved again, whether he wanted me to be or not. And uh, so, you know, things happened over time. And, and so here we are today, like nine months later, and he absolutely, totally refuses to speak to me. I will not say that it is not just a tiny bit sad for it to be Father's Day and my father is alive and well and refuses, has nothing to do with me whatsoever. He talks to Scott, but he will not speak to me. He's told people in the community, I have no use for her. I pray about that a lot. 
Sometimes when I have those dark moments in the, in the quietness of, of those nights, do you not think I beg God, make him stop. Make him see that we just love him and want to take care of him and, you know, not feed criminals. God, help him to see. Years I've prayed that prayer. It's Father's Day. No dad, or no relationship with a dad. And, you know, contrary to my friend's church person, my heart's broken. I've confessed my sin. I've done all those things that I've listed up there. I think my motives are pure. It's not like we're going to, you know, look for inheritance. I mean, he's hundreds of thousand dollars in debt now. I just love my daddy. But that's not enough right now. Does that mean that God does not hear my prayers? Absolutely not. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God hears every one of my prayers. And if I'll be quiet enough and still enough, I'll feel his peace. If I didn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that illustration. God hears our prayers. So whatever prayer you are praying today, know That if you feel like it's not being heard and you feel alone, know that God hears your prayers and God loves you and God holds you together in and through all things, regardless of how dark and how dismal. The other thing I want us to walk away with today very quickly is that, you know, we are the answer for a lot of God's prayers, or a lot of people's prayers. We are God's answer to a lot of people's prayers. Uh, This little boy that you see the picture of, maybe you remember this picture. It was like June 16th in 1976. His name was Hector Peterson, and he was 12 years old, and this was in South Africa, and he and his family... They were, you know, experiencing apartheid, and there was a protest outside and in the streets, and he left to go protest with the area school children because they were protesting the abhorrible education, educational situation that they were facing and the oppression that they had. He went out, and as they were protesting in the streets, the police began shooting, and 20 young men and young women were killed that day. This picture went viral. It was one of his dear friends who saw his lifeless body lying in the streets, and so he went and picked him up, and and that's his sister in the picture. And they carried him away. After this picture was taken, it was picked up by all the... uh, big newspapers and magazines all over the world, and this became known as the face of the evil of apartheid. Now, I guarantee you, his parents weren't praying that morning, you know, hey, God, use our son to be the catalyst for the change that needs to happen in our, in our place So that we can start to live in peace. Probably that wasn't their prayer. But it happened anyway. 
Their prayer probably was, God, keep, keep him safe. And that prayer physically went unanswered, although, I mean, I like to believe that God was there with him and redeems all things. So, this picture became a catalyst to have lots of prayers answered. Not just from one family, but across the world. God hears our prayers, God holds our prayers, God answers our prayers, even in ways that we may not see. But God also uses us in situations that we are in and things that we face to be answers for other people's prayers as well. So don't forget that. Don't forget that the life that we live and the journey that we take and the pathway that we exist on, you never know what it might mean to someone else. God uses all things for good for those who love God. God uses you, God uses me. And God loves you. And God holds you. Let us pray. Gracious God, you do hear our prayers and we know that you are at work in and through all things, but we live in a state of of free will. And so if you were to give us all just a panacea answer, that that would mean that you were not a, a free will kind of God. You would become a dictator and we know that that's not who you are. But when we feel like our prayers are going unanswered, God, we, I just ask that you, that you reveal yourself to us even more boldly. Let us know that you do hold us and hear us and keep all things together in your love. And as we say so often, the worst things are never the last things. In Christ's name, amen. If you come to the place in your life and you feel like God really just is not answering your prayers, talk to a friend and say, hey, will you hold this for me? I need you to pray for me because I feel like my prayers are just going into this abyss out there and God doesn't hear me. And then I encourage you just to be still. God hears and God holds all things and God works together to bring good out of all things. God hears our prayers and God does answer our prayers. Go in that peace. Amen.